Hello, everyone, and welcome to It's Personal, the financial podcast dedicated to educating and empowering you, the listener, to making more informed decisions on your journey to grow your money and improve your overall financial well-being. I'm Trina, your host, and growing up, I often heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, today, it may take that same village to raise the money to send that child off to college. Did you know that attendance at a four-year college or public university easily exceeded $100,000 in tuition and fees for out-of-state students this last school year? That figure reached $240,000 for those attending a private college or university. So what's the average parent to do? Begin saving today. You need a plan, and whatever it is, I strongly suggest you make the 529 plan a top priority. That's right, my village people. The focus of our show today is the 529 plan. So what is a 529 plan? A 529 plan is like a 401k or IRA, a tax advantage savings plan designed not for retirement, but instead to encourage saving for future educational costs. Plans, legally known as qualified tuition plans, are sponsored by states and state agencies or educational institutions, and they're authorized by Section 529 of the IRC, or the Internal Revenue Code. There are two types of plans. The first is a prepaid tuition plan. The other is an education savings plan. Every state in the union, as well as the District of Columbia or Washington, D.C., sponsors at least one type of 529 plan. In addition, there are a group of private colleges and universities that sponsor a prepaid tuition plan as well. So you may be asking, what's the difference? First, prepaid tuition plans, they let you, the saver or account holder, purchase units or credits at participating colleges and universities, most which are public and in-state, for future tuition and mandatory fees at the current price for the future student or beneficiary. Prepaid tuition plans usually can't be used to pay for future room and board, unfortunately, at the selected college or university, nor do they allow you to prepay for tuition if you're sending your child to an elementary or secondary school. Most prepaid plans are sponsored by state governments, and they have residency requirements for the saver or account holder and or the beneficiary or the future student. Prepaid plans are not guaranteed by the federal government. However, Some state governments guarantee the money that they sponsor, but some don't. If your prepaid tuition plans aren't guaranteed, you may lose some or all of your money in the plan. Additionally, if a beneficiary, that is, a student, a future student, doesn't attend the participating college or university, then the prepaid tuition plan may pay out less if they attend a different college or university. Kids. Next are education savings plans. These plans let the saver or account holder open an investment account to save for the beneficiary's future qualified higher education expenses to include, but not limited to, tuition, mandatory fees, and room and board. And that includes if you decide to allow your child to live off campus. You can use the money to pay for rent and utilities. However, you can't use the money to buy groceries or to furnish the place. Withdrawals from education savings plans account can generally be used at any college or university, including sometimes at non-U.S. colleges and universities. So for those of you out there with the adventurous student 
who decides that he or she would like to go to school overseas, that is, in another country, you might be able to use funds from your educational savings plans to pay. Education savings plans can also be used to pay up to $10,000 per year per future student for tuition at any public, private, or religious elementary or secondary school. A saver or account holder may typically choose also from a range of investment options, which often include various mutual fund and exchange-traded fund portfolios and a principal-protected bank product, like a CD or a savings account. All education savings plans are sponsored by state governments, but only a few have few residency requirements for the saver or account holder and or the beneficiary or future student. State governments do not guarantee investments in education savings plans. Education savings plans investments in mutual funds and ETFs are not federally guaranteed, but investments in some principal protective bank products, again, like CDs or money markets, may be insured by the FDIC. As with most investments, investments in education savings plans may not make any money and could lose some or all of the money invested. Unfortunately, the investment piece goes beyond the scope of this episode. However, we will do a future episode on investing and investment options, so please stay tuned. With any investment, one of the most important considerations are fees and expenses. It's important to understand them because they may lower your overall return. Fees and expenses will vary based on the type of 529 plan that you open, and therefore, you should carefully review the plans offering circular to really understand what fees are charged for the plan and with each investment option. A circular is basically the brochure of any savings or checking account that you would receive if you were to open one at your local bank or credit union. You would want to know if there were a low balance fee or maintenance fees, so don't be intimidated by any of these fees. Again, Just read the fee section of the plan's offering circular. So, with prepaid tuition plans, they may charge an enrollment or application fee and ongoing administrative fees. With education savings plans, they too may charge an enrollment or application fee, annual account maintenance fees, ongoing program management fees, and ongoing asset management fees. So, here are a couple of tips on saving with these fees. Many states offer direct-sold education savings plans in which the account holder, you, can invest without paying additional broker-charged fees, and these are middleman fees. In addition, some education savings plans will reduce or outright waive administrative or maintenance fees if you maintain a large account balance, participate in an automatic contribution plan, or if you're a resident of the state that's sponsoring your 529 plan. Some plans also offer fee waivers if you, the account holder, accepts electronic-only delivery of documents via snail mail or if you enroll online. Many of you out there probably have internet and cell phone providers who do the same. So again, don't be intimidated. Did you know that investing in a 529 plan may offer you special tax benefits? They vary depending on your state and again what type of plan you open. In addition, state and federal laws that affect 529 plans can change, so you should definitely make sure that you understand the tax implications of investing in a plan and consider whether to consult a tax advisor. One of these many benefits applies to contributions. The benefits may include deducting contributions from your state income tax or matching grants. When it comes to withdrawals, as long as your account withdrawals are for qualified, 
higher education expenses, or tuition for elementary and secondary schools, earnings in your account are not subject to federal income tax, and in many cases, state income tax as well. However, if those withdrawals are not used for qualified educational purposes, they will not only be subject to state and federal income taxes, but an additional 10% federal tax will be tacked on top. Lastly, one of the benefits of your 529 plan is that the tax-free earnings grow over a period of time. And therefore, the longer your money is invested, the more time it has to grow and the greater your tax benefits. You do lose some of these potential benefits if you withdraw your money from your plan within a short period of time after it's been contributed. So, like any investment or money account, there are likely to also be restrictions. Before you invest in your plan, you should read, again, the plan's offering circular to make sure that you understand and that you're comfortable with these restrictions. First, the most common for education savings plans is that they have certain preset investment options, and so you are only permitted to change those options twice a year. Under the current tax law, an account holder is only permitted to change them twice a year, as I stated previously, or when there's a change in the beneficiary or, I should say, your future student. When it comes to your withdrawals, there are limited exceptions. You can only withdraw money that you invest in an education savings plan, again, for qualified higher education expenses or tuition for elementary or secondary schools without incurring any taxes or penalties. Beneficiaries of those prepaid tuition plans may only use their purchase credits or units at participating colleges and universities. Like we stated earlier in the show, if a beneficiary or that future student doesn't attend a participating college or university, that plan may pay out less to them than if they had attended a participating school. After all of that, some of you may be wondering, how does this impact financial aid eligibility? Well, many families worry that saving for college will hurt their chances of receiving financial aid. But because 529 Savings Plan's assets are considered parental assets, They're factored into the federal financial aid formulas at a maximum rate of about 5.6%. This means that only up to 5.6% of a 529's assets are included in the expected family contribution section that's calculated during the financial aid process. And that occurs after you submit your FAFSA, or your free application for federal student aid. That percentage is far less than the potential 20% rate that's assessed on student assets. This lower rate means that every dollar saved in a college saving plan can go a long way towards helping to pay for college without significantly affecting financial aid for the student. And so now that you know about the 529, where can you go to fund it? The old saying, charity starts at home, is still applicable. And so starting with as little as 25 bucks a month, earning 7%, for 18 years can easily add up to tens of thousands of dollars that your kid doesn't have to borrow for. If you're still unconvinced after all of this that maybe a 529 plan is something you should strongly consider, just take a listen to some of these statistics. 66% of all students graduate from public colleges. 68% graduate from private nonprofit colleges. Now, those numbers are as of 2016 and are probably about the same as of today. Student loan debt, the national average at the end of 2020, was just over $39,000. 
Over a third of adults aged 18 to 29 reported carrying some level of student loan debt, making them the largest group of borrowers. Those with bachelor's degrees or higher, the rate with student debt rises to 49%. Roughly one in five adults, or 22%, aged 30 to 44, have debt compared to just 4% of those over the age of 45. It's well known that black and brown Americans carry higher student debt loads and take longer to pay them back. 73% of white students who use private loans borrow $4,000 or more, whereby 69% of black or African-American students using private loans and 69.5% of Hispanic and Latino students using private loans borrow 10 times that or $40,000 or more. 40% of white undergraduates use student loans and nearly 51% of black and Hispanics do the same. 33% of Hispanics and Latinos delay getting married because of student loan debt and 37% of them delay having children. 43% of blacks or African Americans delay buying a home and a full 60% of them do not have savings accounts at all. So how about this? The next time that you're in search of a creative gift idea for a child who's unrelated or related to you. If you're used to buying toys and gadgets that end up with other toys and gadgets and the land of misfit toys and gadgets, you might instead want to consider a more meaningful gift, like contributing to a 529 plan. You can open a plan yourself or contribute directly to one that the child's parent has already established. What? Did you just say that I can contribute to a 529 plan set up for kids who are not related to me? Folks, there are many brothers, sisters, cousins, other extended family members, and even your best friends that don't have kids of their own and would like to take advantage of this. And so regardless of who owns the 529, you'll be able to make direct deposits into the account from your own bank. Many plans have online gifting pages where the account owner can share the account information with anyone who wants to contribute so that people can give gift money directly and in many cases claim those same available tax benefits that we talked about earlier for their contributions. Be sure though to consider the following if you're looking to be extra generous. If you go over the annual gifting limit, you'll need to account for that on your tax return and pay gift taxes. In this current tax year, tax year 2021, an individual in general can give gifts to one person of 15,000 bucks for the year, while a married couple can give the same one person $30,000. In next year, or tax year 2022, the limit increases to 16,000 from an individual to another individual, or $32,000 from a married couple to that individual. While a young child may not realize the benefit of your gift initially, they're sure to thank you, as well as their parents, when it comes time for them to head out to college. And you know what, folks? I'm not even done. With the economy in flux and more adults than ever heading back to school for retraining, you might want to consider setting up a 529 plan for yourself, in addition to, or instead of, one of your own young children or kids out there that you think are awesome. Regardless of your age, you can set up a 529 plan for yourself to fund your educational expenses now or in the future. You can use the money 
in the plan to upgrade your skills by just taking a few classes at a qualified college or trade school or working towards a degree or advanced certificate. You can apply the funds for tuition, books, fees, and even a computer as long as you use it to further your studies. Even if your plan falls apart and you don't use the money for your own educational expenses, you can always change the beneficiary of your account to a child, grandchild, or another member of your family without paying any tax or transfer. All the same rules for the contributions apply. They're still not deductible on your, tax, on your federal tax return, but your investments grow tax-deferred, and all the money that comes out of your fund for your educational expenses are tax-free upon withdrawal. What's more, many states give you upfront tax deductions for that 529 plan contribution. Again, it's a tough economy, and retraining is something that more and more people are doing, whether it's something they want to or not. And a 529 plan can certainly help in that regard. Setting up the plan for yourself is no more complex than setting it up for a kid or your own grandkid. The first step is to choose a state plan. And you can do so by going to savingforcollege.com. This is a tool that can be used to open any 529 plan, whether you're opening one for yourself or someone else. Going to savingforcollege.com, you'll find your first step. Because so many states give a tax deduction, though, for state residents, it makes sense to stay with your own state's plan, unless, of course, you've got a compelling reason that you want to go out of state. Open an account with yourself as both the account owner and the beneficiary. Generally, you can do this with as little as 50 or 100 bucks. Choosing an investment option, however, might be a little bit trickier, simply because the most commonly selected investment options are age-based, and so you won't have the 17 or 18 year time frame that you normally would when you were opening the account for a kid. But hey, no worries. Options exist for near and short term horizons. When it comes to making those contributions, again, you can set up an automatic payment plan. Or you can contribute occasionally when you have a few extra bucks, like maybe a birthday, a tax return, or a slice of some financial inheritance. Whether your motivation However, is to fulfill a dream or out of necessity, setting up a 529 plan with an automatic investment can easily shave off thousands, if not tens of thousands, of dollars from that financial sting of those tuition bills once school begins. Not only is trade school or college tuition expensive and increasing all the time, but books can run a hundred bucks or more each, and most schools assess application and registration fees on top of all of that. While any investment return is welcome on a 529 plan asset, the discipline of saving is just as important because you're making a financial commitment to yourself or another to go to school. And when it's part of your midterm or long-term plan, setting up that plan makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. You are, in many cases, going to get a tax deduction for your contribution. And depending on what state you live in, you will be able to take the money out tax-free. So, even if you've not made a firm decision to return to school, it still may be worthwhile to set up a 529 plan for yourself and contribute some funds. It's there if you need it, and if you ultimately do not return to school, you can always change the beneficiary to your future kids or to someone else's. Also, if you do use the money on those qualified educational expenses and you overfund the account, you can do it again 
change the beneficiary and give that money, who may be your child or that of another. Folks, another reason an adult might want to fund a 529 plan is to get a jump on funding in general. Funding college for kids that haven't even been born. When you're young and you have no kids, maybe you're living in a smaller house or you're making a small house payment or rent payment, and you've got a little more disposable income, you can put away money for that 529 plan. Because when kids come, your money tends to go to a heck of a lot of other places. And so for a young couple or a young individual who do plan on having kids later in life, it's a great idea to fund your account now in your own name and then changing the beneficiary down the road. So another place you can go to is you promise. Google the letter U, promise, all one word, and find out all about helping you and your family save for college. People, this was a big show, and I thank you all for sticking with me. And so, instead of trying to go back to the beginning, which I would love for you to do, because I think there's a lot packed into this episode, as we come to a close, I'm going to wrap the show with some major takeaways. First, we've got two types of 529 plans. First, the prepaid tuition plan. Some of these are state-sponsored. Some have residency requirements for both the account holder and or the future student. They can only be used at specified colleges and universities, and you may not get your full investment if your child chooses to go to an out-of-system school. The second type of plan, the Education Savings Plan, all of these are sponsored by state governments. Few have residency requirements for the account holder and or the future student. They can be used at any institution and possibly even non-U.S. schools. You can also use them at elementary and secondary schools, in the private, public, or religious sector, up to $10,000 per student per year. With both plans, you can open an account in your own name and change the beneficiary as necessary. 529 plans are a powerful tool in closing the wealth gap for minorities. Let family and friends know that they have gift alternatives to clothes or toys. They're designed to help save for education expenses in tax-friendly ways. You can contribute to a kid's plan, even if they're unrelated to you. They can help save you on state taxes, but generally not your federal taxes. You can give up to $16,000 to a single person. That means one individual, not that they're unmarried. And if you are a couple, you can donate up to $32,000 to that single person. Go to savingforcollege.com or to youpromise.com to learn how to get started and some creative ways to save once you do. You can open a plan and change the beneficiaries, even if it's for yourself. Now that you know, you can use a village to send your child to school. Let's get moving today. Thank you for listening to It's Personal. Just remember, the information on my show is for informational purposes. I'm not a financial planner, nor in the financial field, and strongly recommend consult someone who is. Because though we're all in the same storm, some of us are on yachts, while others are in rowboats. We look forward to seeing you next time. Stay safe.